it was my shining moment. As I waited and painstakingly counted 43 measures of rest, it was my moment for fame and the orchestra. And after waiting and counting and anticipating, it finally grew to this incredible moment where you heard the chime of metal on metal, a crescendo of musical genius. I was in the main Allstate Orchestra as a percussionist and my instrument was the triangle. It was my moment of glory. I'd always loved music growing up and as I went into high school as a part of the band, I was a part of the jazz band and believe it or not, but with swoop bangs and with red streaks dyed into my hair, carrying around my double pedal, I was a part of a metal band that knew two songs. But I was fascinated by classical music. The way that a composer would bring all of these instruments together to form one cohesive narrative. The way that every note and every rest was forming this incredible score of music. I was fascinated. As I look at that classical music, I knew that somebody composed it because there was intentionality behind it. There was thoughtfulness. There was beauty in it. And I knew that it was going somewhere as every note was authored with a purpose. As we look at creation around us, I can't help but notice that there's an incredible amount of complexity, intentionality, and beauty to it. That mankind has been studying the world around us for thousands of years and we haven't even begun to become close to understanding it, let alone the trillions of galaxies and stars around us. There's incredible beauty, there's incredible intentionality, and there was a creator who spoke all of this into existence that had to be outside of space, outside of time, outside of matter. And this same creator is authoring human history that all of history is actually a part of this grand narrative that this creator is writing. I believe that every one of us has a desire to know what is true of human history. Where does your narrative and my story fit into this greater story and what does it mean to truly be human? It's our desire over the next three episodes of this trilogy to talk about our human history to be able to help have you hear about Jesus and believe in him. Part one, the problem. Part two, the conflict. And part three, the resolution. As we look at human history, I remember going through history class and wondering, what was the common thread? As we were memorizing dates and timelines and different figures throughout the history of humanity, I was wondering how does it all fit together as one cohesive whole? All of it fits together in that every single part of human history, every person that belongs to history has two different paths that they could choose. These two diverging ways of being in the world. These authors gave us an incredible picture. These literary geniuses gave us this idea of what it meant to see these two different paths. You see, they saw this creator who made all things in existence and made it good, made it whole, made it right. And in that good and whole creation, he set a garden. Inside of that garden, he placed humanity and he gave humanity a choice. The choice was, would humanity choose this way of life or would they choose a separate way of autonomy? The way that they see it in this garden is that there were two trees, a tree of life 
and a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This tree of life was the way of being connected to the life source, of living in alignment with the creator who had made us, this way of harmony and peace with the created world. But then there was another tree, tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which represents our own desire for, our to- for autonomy. Our desire that instead of living in alignment with the Creator, that we would go our own way as self-reliant individuals and beings. As we look at our history, what we find is that every one of us has chosen to go astray. The thing with choosing to be autonomous is that it entered brokenness into the world. Now as we look in the pages of human history, we see wars fought over power. We see the brokenness and sorrow and betrayal. We see the hopelessness of death. And even in your story and in my story, we see the brokenness that a lie brings. We we, we see the way that we speak an unloving or an unkind world. And now we begin to see even more the fracturing of the world around us. These two different ways of being. But there's a longing in us to restore that which was broken. The only thing is that we didn't create it, and so we can't recreate it. We can't fix that which we broke. And so what needed to happen is that the very creator who made all that we see good needed to step into creation and restore it from the inside out. What we see in some of the most incredible words ever penned in John 3.16 is that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in his son would not perish, but have everlasting life. And we see that this creator put on human form in Jesus. Jesus was born a baby in a Bethlehem manger. We see that he lived a perfectly sinless life, that there was no brokenness in him. And you would have thought that we would have chosen this new way to align our life to him, to actually pursue his new way of life that he had offered us. But instead, we continue to pursue the other way of brokenness. So much so that when Jesus pronounced that we could follow after him, we decided to crucify him on a Roman cross. As Jesus was there on a Roman cross dying, he said, it is finished. Maybe you're wondering, where's the good news in the problem? How does all of this come together so that I actually see something good in this story? The good news is this, that where there was no way, God made a way. Where you and I brought brokenness into this world, God brought healing. Because in Jesus' life, what we see is that he had signs and wonders and miracles, that he was restoring wholeness to the world that we had broken, and that through him, now there could be redeemed man and God together, walking in perfect harmony for the rest of eternity. That where there was no way, God was making a way. And it was on Jesus' death on the cross that we see God was enacting his greatest rescue plan, his plan of salvation. Today, I want to let you know that it might seem that there is no way that your past seems like it's too bad, that you've done too much in your life, that you say, I'm too far gone, that maybe right now you're struggling with an addiction, you're struggling through hardship, you're wondering if you can get through depression, and where it seems like there's no way for you, can I tell you right now that God makes a way, and it is through Jesus that we can begin to have this newly connected life with the Creator. 
Why is Good Friday Good Friday? Even though Jesus was crucified, because Jesus was enacting the greatest rescue plan. And it was on that moment when Jesus died that we actually see God bringing into being this plan to restore and redeem that which was broken. That yes, there is a problem in Good Friday of brokenness, but Holy Saturday is coming.